General Maros Cloudman was back at his command center. He had not expected to survive that imperial prison, but a small band of operatives from Hoth had rescued him and his team. Cloudman's superior officer had been killed along with most of the rest from the base. So now he and nine others were the only survivors of the Juvex Sector Rebel cell. Along with their rescuers, they numbered 13, plus an astromech droid. It was up to them to rebuild the base and strike at the Empire. The sector where they operated was unusual. The Empire had left Juvex and its neighboring sector Cenex mostly alone because they were ruled by independent houses who already ran their areas much the way the Emperor preferred. Their world subsisted off of the slave labor of non-human races, and independent thought was discouraged. The Empire maintained a few planets within this region to keep an eye on them, but there wasn't much in terms of a military presence. This worked in Cloudman's favor. He would have time to build up his own resources before Imperial forces clamped down on him. So he got to work determining mission goals and assigning them to the various operatives. Welcome to Star Wars Age of Rebellion. This is an RPG Storytime presentation of a campaign played over several years utilizing all three Star Wars role-playing books by Fantasy Flight Games. This is a grand campaign where everything you hear was decided by players in an epic-scale role-playing and strategy game, then turned into this production that tells the story one chapter at a time with occasional explanations of game mechanics. The episodes are shorter than most gaming podcasts because each session is summarized in the form of a story much like an audiobook. It begins with a small band of agents played by a few role players. As the rebel cell grows, more players are brought in to take on the roles of other operatives heading out on other missions and taking part in various battles. Every choice affects the direction of the story, both for the characters on the mission and for the overall story arc and the ultimate fate of the Juvex and Senex sectors is up to them. Today we begin with the three operatives who rescued the rebels of the Juvex base. Huff, a human scoundrel, Valina, a Twi'lek spy, and Vresh, a Wookiee commando. With their ship now repaired, they and their fellow escapees from Hoth could reunite with the Alliance fleet. But they've seen that the small rebel cell could use some help, so they have decided to remain. This base's commander, Maros Cloudman, have determined that Huff, Valina, and Vresh should go to capture supplies. The others from Hoth have been sent on their missions, including Huff's brother Duke, who is leaving on a sabotage mission. Duke and Huff Vissette stood silently together at PLD Station where they would be splitting off onto their separate missions. The two brothers looked at each other the way brothers often do, diverting their eyes and saying, Well, uh, I guess this is where we get off. Yep. Don't go getting yourself, you know, killed or nothing. Yeah, you neither. Then they fist-bumped and went their separate ways. Commander Cloudman had told Huff's team about an Alliance informant inside PLD Station who could help them get onto one of the ships on the convoy when it came through. His name was Pask, and he ran Pask's oddities in the Market District. Figuring that was their first lead, Valina and Vresh sought out the shop. Huff decided he'd check out the bar in the Commercial District to see if he could find any leads. The door slid open on a squeaky track for Valina and Vresh. A melodic chime dinged overhead. The smell of old paper and dust filled the two operatives' nostrils as they were confronted with countless shelves stacked with all manner of junk. As their eyes adjusted to the darkness, they saw a somewhat short and middle-aged Trandoshan approaching them. Welcome to Basarides, my friends. What can Pask do for you on this fine day? Valina took a moment to look around. Noticing a couple other patrons still in the shop, she said, Just browsing. Let me know if I can be of any assistance, 
Pask said. And he stepped behind the counter. The aisles were narrow, and it was difficult for Resch to navigate them without knocking something over. So he went toward the back where there was a little more room. Valina browsed the items, trying to see if she recognized anything. But she was suspicious of this man, and wanted to make sure that there weren't any items that should only belong to Imperial officers or soldiers. Fresh was getting tired of waiting for the place to empty out, so he set about hovering near the other customers. When they looked at him, he smiled broadly. This made them all the more nervous, and they quickly emptied out of the store. Valina took the cue and approached Pask. We're thinking about buying something off of a certain Imperial convoy, she said. Pask was already eyeing them with some annoyance for frightening away his customers, but he figured it had something to do with Alliance business. He pressed a button, and a latching noise clacked from the doorway. Going on or coming off? Going on, she said immediately. We kind of want the whole thing. Pask smiled as though listening to a child's claim he was going to run for emperor. I assume you're here with more than a Wookiee, he said. How many of us there are is my business. How many is my business, too, Pask said. The more there are, the harder it is to get you on board. Felina thought a moment, then asked, How would we do it? There are several methods. I can help you with all of them. It all depends how much money you want to spend. He then went about describing several methods of getting them on one of the ships. He had some connections with the local imperial government. He could pull some strings and grease a few palms to get them on board, though it might be difficult with the two of them not being human. He could have some friends in low places smuggle them on board a container. Or he could get them a job in a cargo bay, and they could smuggle themselves on board. Doing it this way would make them as much money back as they spent. And since they were part of the rebel cell that didn't have a lot of money, they elected this route. Meanwhile, Huff was at one of the bars spending that low amount of money on alcohol. He was trying to get as much information as he could from people around him, but he also didn't want to look suspicious. Every time he saw anyone who looked like Imperials, he made sure to sit at a booth next to them or a seat nearby and listen in. Most of the talk was casual and irrelevant. But after a couple hours and nearly five drinks, Huff heard what he was searching for. A couple officers at a booth next to him were discussing a large convoy coming through. They were lowering their voices, so it was clearly something more important than the usual string of supply ships. They were talking about a friend of theirs, Jalon Noor, who was lieutenant commander of M226. One of the officers told the other that Noor had taken command of the ship from the other ranking officer, a woman Noor suspected of disloyalty to the Empire. The two officers on M226 were apparently bickering all the time, and they would stab each other in the back in a moment's notice. This information was indeed very valuable to Huff, but he had become so interested in the conversation that he was leaning toward them now, and they took notice. So he went back to his drink, and soon after, stumbled out of the bar. Pask introduced the threesome to a large, muscular work gang leader named Raff, who warned them to stay alert, do as he said, and try not to get killed. The last warning they didn't quite understand until they saw that the different work gangs at the dock often fought over who would get what jobs. Raff's work gang all wore blacked-out tattoos. Raff offered to give the tattoos to Huff, Resh, and Felina, but they didn't want that permanently on their bodies, so they refused. Not having it got Huff in trouble one day when a rival gang member wanted to beat him up over coming too close to his crate. Huff apologized, but it did nothing. Having no tattoo meant he had no backup, and the rival gang worker approached Huff with his buddies crowding around. Huff called for Valena to back him up, and she acted like she hadn't met him. Then Vresh appeared behind the gang leader, and the man's friends approached him. Vresh picked the man up, 
and threw him hard against his buddies, breaking a number of bones. He then turned to the others and shouted as loud as he could. Huff stepped up next to the Wookiee and leaned against them. From that moment forward, the two of them were able to go wherever they pleased and pull the jobs they wanted. Valina was fine with not sharing their spotlight. She continued to act in the shadows, unnoticed by everyone. When their convoy came in and docked at PLD Station, Varesh and Huff chose M226 to be their ship and had Raff and his team load the crates. Raff helped them get inside one of them and wished them good luck. Valina, meanwhile, hopped into a different crate and they were all placed secretly on board freighter M226. Huff had gone to light speed enough times to know how it felt, even from inside a storage crate. While he waited for them to make the jump, he whispered to Varesh, What's your name again, anyway? I've just been saying hey to you all the time. Varesh growled something back to him. Right, you're not going to be able to. Didn't they call you Snowball back on Hoth? Varesh tried to tell him no. That was his code name because of some white on his fur, and he didn't like it. But it only came out as more roars, which he was trying to keep quiet in case someone outside could hear him. Yeah, Snowball! Why don't I call you Snowy? Varesh growled again in protest, but Huff only took it as agreement. He then felt the familiar jolt, then smooth hum of hyperspace, so he stood up. Huff struggled with lifting the crate's top, and Snowball, I mean Varesh, grudgingly opened it further. He saw a ship's hold full of containers. Near the exit into the ship, he saw a handful of crew members and a couple Imperial officers all lackadaisical and bored, none expecting anything to happen here. There were also a few droids that were inspecting the tags on the shipping containers. Those would be the things to be most concerned about. Huff then noticed the lid of another container being lifted. He saw the top half of Felina's head peek out. Hey, he said, waving. Her eyes grew large at him, and she motioned for him to be more discreet. Even Vresh was motioning for him to be quiet, and soon pulled him down into the container so he didn't get them caught. Huff said okay, okay, and they peeked up again. Valina was carefully sneaking out of her container. She studied the movement patterns of the droids, then hopped down on the opposite side of the container from them. Huff saw that she had a handful of small items in her hand, bits and pieces of machinery she had taken from the container she had been in. She peeked around the corner of the container and saw one of the droids coming toward her. She hurried to the other side of the container and tossed one of the small pieces of machinery at one of the other containers. This got the attention of the droid, who went over to investigate the noise. Valina then hurried back over to where she had been and rushed over to the cover of another container, then another, hopping from cover to cover until she made it to a small maintenance shaft over to the side. She opened it up and slipped inside. Huff and Fresh hopped out the opposite side of the container from the Imperial crew. They were not as quiet as their twilight companion, and they attracted the attention of another droid. Valina saw it wheeling their way so she tossed a small machine part at a container which caught the droid's attention, and it turned toward the sound. Varesh and Huff hurried to the next container, but again, the noise attracted the attention of the droid, who started toward them. Valina tossed another small piece of machinery that caught the droid's attention, and as it moved away, Varesh and Huff dashed for the doorway. The droid heard them and followed their sound. The pair got through, and Valina grabbed the grating and blocked the access hatch and put it into place just in time as the droid came around the corner. Seeing everything in its place, it turned and went back to its normal functions. The three operatives made their way through the access tunnels. Huff knew ships better than the others, so he directed them toward the front of the ship. At least, what he believed to be the front of the ship. Only time would tell, and they needed to do it before too much time had passed or they would pass the rebel base. 
After an hour of winding their way through ventilation shafts and access corridors, the three operatives rounded a corner to find four giant rat people going through a bunch of equipment in the middle of an access chamber. They were just shorter than humans, and they walked on two legs, but they had the bodies and tails of rats. These were what crew members called ranets. The ranets spotted them and charged! Large machine parts in their hands! Vresh charged into the middle of them and began smashing! They crawled all over him, and while he smashed each one he hit, their numbers were overpowering him, and they pounded into his arms, his shoulder, his chest! Huff spotted some of them coming up behind him. It was an ambush! He covered their rear with his heavy blaster, while Valina shot at the one going after Vresh. She had to be careful lest she hit her friend. They were clawing at Vresh, doing a lot of damage, but he managed to shake them off, and several of them ran. Huff, meanwhile, had managed to scare away the ones coming up behind them. Soon they had ended their assault, but Vresh had managed to capture one of them. They were going to have this one lead them to the bridge, but first they wanted to ask it some questions. Its name was Tick. It was the leader of the group of Ranats that had ambushed them, and it explained that these Ranats lived among these access tunnels. They had once been an experiment of the Imperials. Small, tiny, normal rats. The experiments had made them the way they were, and now they crawled throughout the ship, living behind the walls, out of reach of the Imperials. Tick led them through a series of twists and turns towards the bridge. From everything Huff could tell about the larger ships, Tick was telling the truth, and this was the correct direction. They had to make it over a narrow bridge, then through arcing electricity, one of whose bolts managed to zap fresh, who was already having a bad day. At last they came upon a single Imperial engineer who was working on an open panel. They could see he had a communication panel near him, so they would have to take him by surprise. Fresh went around one direction, catching the officer's attention. Then Valina came up behind him, knocking him unconscious with the rod she found. As they were doing this, Tick took advantage of the opportunity and ran away. They only briefly chased after him, but they soon found that they were near the end of the access tunnel and close to the bridge. So they carefully crept up to the main hallway. Huff peeked into it, and he spotted several officers far off to the left, and the elevators nearby to the right. He suggested shooting down the officers first so no one would be chasing after them, but Valina said it would be quicker just to get into the elevator and accomplish their mission. Huff grudgingly saw the logic in this, and made a dash for it. The security personnel saw them and took chase, but they were quickly in the elevators, and the doors closed. They pushed the button for the bridge, and were on their way. Huff reminded them of what he had heard at the bar. He believed that if the commander was killed, they could deal with the second-in-command to get her to surrender. When the doors swished open, the threesome noticed that all the ship's stations were empty. The bridge crew, eyes wide with fear, and hands shakily holding blaster pistols, had taken cover behind the consoles, chairs, and stacked cargo cases. Take your last breaths, rebel scum, a voice shouted, breaking the silence from behind the cover of the helmsman's console. Fire at will! With that, the bridge erupted in a firefight. Both sides exchanged shots, but despite all the red and green blaster fire, little was hit except a couple crew members. At last, Vresh had had enough. He charged into the bridge. One or two shots found him, wounding the Wookiee badly, but wounds were only making him stronger. Huff and Valena came out of the elevator, firing as they went, covering Vresh. Most of their shots were missing, but they were causing the bridge crew to keep their heads down and fire off fewer shots. They clearly were not used to a gunfight. Fresh passed the captain's chair, charging at one of the leaders. Huff shot the helmsman's chair, revealing a cowering Imperial officer wearing a lieutenant's uniform. The smoke cleared to reveal a raging Wookiee flying at the man. Fresh ripped him apart, 
setting an example for the rest of the bridge crew. A woman's voice called out, Cease fire! Huff and Felina came out from the elevator and found the two remaining bridge crew with their hands in the air. One was a very young man, just out of his teens, and another was a woman with sharp-cut blonde hair, the lieutenant who had called the surrender. She identified herself as Lieutenant Heza Wen, and she asked them to spare her crew as prisoners of war. Huff detected something in this lieutenant. He believed, based on what he had heard about her and what he was seeing, that she may be turned to the rebellion. In any case, she and her crewmate would be great assets for running the ship. So he took the captain's chair while Valena took the communications, and Vresh stood over their captives. He had the two Imperials take their position at the helm, and ordered them to alter course. They had just reached the point where they needed to turn to deliver their supplies to their base, and now was the time to move. As they did, a voice came over the intercom, the voice of a woman with the confidence of someone in authority. Greetings, bridge crew. I am of the understanding that I have a new captain. A silence followed as the three rebel operatives wondered how to respond. I take it from the fact that a mere three of you defeated the whole Imperial ship that you are a force to be reckoned with. Huff looked at Valina, and they mouthed to each other, questioning what they should do. The sensuous female voice returned. And whose command do I have the pleasure of being a captive? Huff finally decided to answer. You are under the command of Captain Huff Vassett. Who do I have the pleasure of talking to? Well, Captain, if you don't know, then I was not your target, and today is your lucky day. You should come to my quarters. They are at the center cargo pod. Huff immediately stood. I'll go check this out. You two, hold the bridge and keep the course steady. Huff took the elevator down to the main corridor where he made his way to the center of the ship. When he arrived at the central access lift, he took it up to the container. The door slid open to reveal an opulent royal meeting room with golden trim and plush carpet. Rows of servants were intertwined with twin layers of security guards. They all wore an emblem and a crest Huff had never seen before. He assumed it was the symbol of one of the houses that populated the sector. At the tip of the pyramid sat a golden throne flanked by servants that were clearly slaves. Upon the throne sat the most beautiful woman Huff had ever seen. Augmenting her beauty was the most expensive makeup and most valuable jewelry in the galaxy. Her light brown hair was woven atop her head with her crown, crafted with the rarest metals in the sector and imbued with amber-hued crystals. Her form-fitting dress clung to her body like a leaf barely holding onto its tree in autumn. Her posture straight and demure as it was, seemed almost lifted from its seat. But what Huff noticed most was her eyes, which shot at him curiously and fascinated. Her lips, bright red from the wet lipstick, rose in an excited yet controlled smile. Am I to be your prisoner? she asked. I didn't bring handcuffs, he said. Oh, that's too bad, she said with a flirtatious and suggestive smile. Huff reciprocated and said, You'll all be safe as long as you stay up here. We're just taking a detour. I assume I can't know where that detour is, she asked. No, ma'am. Well, she said with a sidelong glance, I've never been captured by a dangerous pirate before. Allow me to show how we celebrate such matters in House Casido. With a clap from her hands, the servants prepared wine, spirits, and other libations. Huff joined them, drank with the princess, played the role of the dangerous pirate, which she found mysterious and exciting. And, well, he found she had her own handcuffs. The rest is, well, we're trying to keep this family friendly, so roll credits! This has been an RPG Storytime presentation of Age of Rebellion. 
Join us next week to hear what happens next. If you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!